It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is March 23rd, 2021. My name is Philip Ross. I'm the expert insight editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic... The inevitable is finally here. The breakup is upon us. Aaron Gordon has reportedly, and it's been like this for a while, reportedly requested a trade from the Orlando Magic, and it is looking more and more likely that a trade will happen before Thursday's NBA trade deadline. Removing the nuclear clock to two minutes before midnight, if not one minute before midnight, as the trade deadline nears. Obviously, we'll... Obviously, see uh, Evan Fournier likely moved at the deadline. We'll maybe talk about some of those possibilities coming up here in the next few days. But today's episode will be focused on Aaron Gordon. And, uh, and you know, I often do these exercises, these kind of mock trade negotiations or mock trades as, as a way to get people to think about what you're actually looking for in a deal. So, so the, the topic of who we're talking about is not as important as the process of getting there. And that's what we'll do on this show, too. We'll talk with Wes Goldberg of Lockdown Warriors about the potential for the Warriors and Magic to strike a deal on Aaron Gordon. We'll get to all that coming up here in just a moment. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching where download podcasts for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, this podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on the Denver Nuggets before... Tuesday's game against the Nuggets, which we will not talk about on this episode. Check out our good pals at Locked On Nuggets. Want to get the lowdown on the Warriors or the Celtics or any of these other teams because we will talk about them plenty. Check out our pals at Locked On Warriors or Locked On Celtics. No matter who your team is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or College 2, there is a Locked On podcast for you. Just search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. The Athletic reported on Monday that Aaron Gordon had requested a trade, had talked to Jeff Weltman, the president of basketball operations of the Orlando Magic, and requested a trade from the team ahead of the trade deadline on Thursday. What's well, I would not call this a trade demand, as in I will not play if you do not trade me. It is a pretty clear sign of what everyone has recognized this team, and, and maybe that this team has been in a little bit of denial about now for a little while. We have reached the end of the road, my friends. We have reached the breakup of this core group of Evan Fournier, of Aaron Gordon, of Nikola Vucevic. The group that frankly bailed that that had had been the cornerstone of the magic through a failed rebuild had done enough to get the team back to the playoffs had apparently not done enough to advance them any further and so what has happened is 
The bottom has fallen out. Injuries have gutted this team, and they have not just stagnated, they have regressed. And everyone senses the end is near. Everyone senses the change has come. It's most likely come in the form of Jonathan Isaacs uh, and Markel Fultz's extension, new, new money being put down on young players that have to replace the old, to be perfectly frank. The Magic are in a position where they are prepared to move forward in a new and different direction. And trading these star players has been inevitable. Frankly, it's been inevitable since the moment Jeff Weltman arrived in the Nikola Vucevic discussion that will surely happen next season as much as it has happened this season, but more seriously next season, will be another step or another stage of that change. Of that change that seems absolutely necessary and inevitable. The Magic have been given a pass and a cover to reset a little bit thanks to the high draft pick they are promised to get in this year's draft, even if it's not in the top four. A high draft pick is promised to them this year. A chance to add some new talent and some new legs to develop with, a, with an extremely young roster around them. The time for Jeff Weltman to put his imprint on the team is here. And it's, a, it's an opportunity now that the Magic cannot pass up and an opportunity that has been forced on them a little bit. Trade requests of this nature are somewhat formalities. I, I don't think they're as dramatic as people make them out to be. Yes, there are trade requests like the one that Dwight Howard made, that the one that James Harden just made, that really do shake and shape a franchise in, in a significant way. Those players have the leverage to say, I want to be traded, and I want to be traded to this team or that team or that team. Aaron Gordon has a little bit of that leverage. He is due to be a free agent next summer, uh, in the summer of 2022, uh, and can kind of force a team that and force a team that that has a chance to sign him to an extension to acquire him here. The report from Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports suggested that he was not super open to a trade to the rebuilding Houston Rockets. Certainly, the rebuilding Minnesota Timberwolves also could be on that list, although they might be closer to the playoffs than you think with D'Angelo Russell, uh, Carl Anthony Towns, and Malik Beasley, and Malik Beasley and Anthony Edwards already there. Pretty good starting lineup. Maybe they'll have to get rid of one of those players but to make salaries work or whatever. But Aaron Gordon is trying, very clearly with this, the, the leaking of this trade request, Aaron Gordon is trying to flex a little bit of his muscle. But the bottom line is this, the Magic still hold all the cards. The Magic still hold the guy that half the league seemingly wants. They have the right and the ability to dictate the terms of this deal. There's no reason for them not to do so. But there's also no reason for them to wait anymore. A trade request very rarely gets taken back. The only time that I can think of was J.J. Redick. When a little-used J.J. Redick asked to be traded... Magic said they would see what they could do. And then all of a sudden, playing time opened up. All of a sudden, he had the opportunity and he made the most of it, making a home here in Orlando, becoming one of the most beloved players in franchise history. It is very rare that a trade request gets rescinded. A trade request is essentially, even at this, at this medium level, let's say, is a statement to say, I don't think we can win here. I don't think I can succeed here. It is, 
giving up on a team is is a little too harsh, but it is an acknowledgement that we have done all we can together. And in seven years together, it's hard to argue that point. It is hard to say that the Magic that the Magic didn't get as much as they could out of Aaron Gordon. Gordon struggled for much of his time here in Orlando. And we'll have more of a retrospective, I'm sure, when he gets back when when he actually does get traded. But the Magic could never find the right fit for him. Additionally, the Magic don't seem to have a future for him. A trade has always made sense in one form or another. The Magic are more invested in Jonathan Isaac and his development. And figuring out if Gordon and Isaac fit together was something that was meant to happen this season that was taken away from them. So all they're left with is this thought of can this work? I'm still not completely giving up on that, but with especially with Gordon now becoming a much better three-point shooter. But there's no time to make that experiment anymore. Gordon has made his choice. It's a fair one. It's a rational one. But it's a choice nonetheless. A choice that forces the Magic's hand. There are a lot of suitors for Aaron Gordon. We'll talk about the Golden State Warriors more specifically coming up here. We'll talk about the Boston Celtics, who by some reporting late on Monday night and early Tuesday morning, are now the front runners to get Aaron Gordon. I, I, I would caution against any believing any reporting that says one team is a front runner over another. A, the Magic do not leak anything. Jeff Weltman runs a tight ship. So that's probably Boston leaking something, saying, hey, we, we feel great. We feel like we're the front runners. That's, that's not how this works. The Magic are going to wait. They're going to they're gonna sift through everything. They're going to review and research everything. And probably in the last few hours before the deadline, they will hammer out and finalize a deal. But as much as Aaron Gordon is a popular player, as good as Aaron Gordon is and still can be at just 25 years old, the time is now. Time is now to make the deal. It's time to break this team up, and it's time to begin the change that has been necessary for a very, very long time. We're going to get into one of those possible changes, and one thing that the and one of the possible avenues could go. And again, like I said, use it as a lesson in what the Magic are thinking. Less about who the Magic are acquiring. We'll talk with Wes Goldberg of Lockdown Warriors coming up here for the rest of the show. But let me tell you about this great new app that I'm trying out, and I'm excited to try out again on Thursday for a post-trade deadline show. Um, This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with me, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. I will be hosting a room for Locked On Magic about once a week as the plan. And so, yes, you can finally join in on the conversation you listen to here every day. The locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and, of course, reacting to big news or rumors. Be sure to join me this week. I'll be hosting a room on Thursday at 6 p.m. to recap everything the Orlando Magic did or did not do 
at the trade deadline. Again, that's Thursday at 6 p.m. Join me in the locker room for that. Go download the free locker room app now. Currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the NFL, MLB, NHL, NBA, whatever group for the latest league updates. You can follow me, and let me make sure I get my name right because it's it's this is this is the important part of the read that they tell me I have to read verbatim. So as I stall while I get my username, uh, you can be sure to follow me at P Rossman Reich. That's P R O S S M A N R E I C H to be notified when my room goes live. I know you won't want to miss it. I'm planning to be live this week on Thursday at 6 p.m. I can't wait to hear everyone's thoughts on the Orlando Magic and the trade deadline, so we will see you there in the locker room, changing the way we talk sports. It's fun to see how the sausage gets made a little bit there as I scramble when I don't actually read the the full copy, but the locker room's a fun app. I had a lot of fun with it when I tried it out last, last week, so we'll try it again this Thursday. But here in Orlando, here in Central Florida, your car is everything. You can't get around the city. You can't get around anywhere without your vehicle. And I know I-4 traffic sucks, but you got to take care of your car to get through it. So if you're someone that takes care of your car yourself, go to rockauto.com to take care, to get all the auto parts that you need. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for the past 20 years. Go to rockauto.com and shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Don't forget too, to get all the sports news you need in less than 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get podcasts. All right, doing a crossover edition of Locked On Warriors and Locked On Magic. I'm Wes Goldberg, host of Locked On Warriors here with Philip Rossman-Reich of uh, Locked On Magic, doing a mock trade call negotiation of sorts. And this, um, Philip, on the heels of the news that Aaron Gordon is ready to move on from Orlando, but the Magic have been eagerly shopping him around. Before we get into some of these trade talks, what's the latest that you could tell us about Aaron Gordon and his status with the Magic? Yeah, I mean, this is this has kind of been a slow trickle that's that's quickly turned into a bit of a deluge of of information. I mean, the Magic are kind of notorious for keeping things really close to the vest. So the fact that so much of this has been leaking out over the last week, you know, I doubt it's coming from the Magic side. Um, but the fact that so much of this is leaking out is just a clear sign that that something is up, that something is going to happen. I mean, obviously, the Magic haven't had the season that they would like to have. They're they're sitting in 14th in the Eastern Conference after back-to-back playoff appearances, and it just kind of feels like this group has kind of run its course. And so, obviously, Aaron Gordon has one year on his one year left on his contract after this season. It feels like the maximum time to uh, to to use that trade capital, and the Magic are in line for a high draft pick. So it feels like a natural point to kind of reset the roster a little bit with 
with uh, hopefully Jonathan Isaac and Marco Fultz coming back from torn ACLs next year. Okay, so that's a key point that you make, uh, who you're building around being Fultz and Isaac. What kind of players should the Magic be looking for? And I guess to, to take this conversation even further, what kind of players do the Warriors have on their roster who may sort of fit that bill? Yeah, I mean, obviously the first place to start with is, is the, reason, the big reason why the Magic haven't been able to kind of take that next step with the group that they have is they just don't have enough three-point shooting. Um, you know, you look at Jonathan Isaac, he's an improving three-point shooter, but I don't think he quite has gravity to him yet. Um, Markel Fultz is still considered a non-shooter in the league, and then I think that's fair to say even with his improved percentages. And so, you know, the, what the Magic need more than anything else, um, if those are the two guys are going to build around, and of course they'll have a rookie coming in in the 2021 draft that um, is probably going to be looking at, it's certainly going to be right. a top six or seven pick in a, in, a, in, a very, in a draft that's very well thought of at the very top. But the Magic just needs shooting to space the floor and give, and give those guys a little bit of room to work. I mean, you look at the Magic this year, uh, yes, injuries have really gutted the roster of any kind of depth whatsoever, but Evan Fournier and Nikola Vucevic are, and Terrence Ross are essentially the only shooters on the floor, and right. you know they're not drawing the defense out a lot. So I think the big thing the Magic are looking for um, in any trade and, and really any acquisition is just to boost the offense. Uh, Steve Clifford is a really well-thought-of defensive coach. I mean, the fact that the Magic this year are still like 17th or 18th in defensive rating and still finish in the top half of the league defensively um, is a pretty crazy thing to think about considering everything that they're they're, they're without um, their offense just can't sustain any type of defensive progress that they're making. So uh, shooting is priority. Number one, I don't think golden state's going to let go of Stephen Curry. Um, I, I don't <laughs> think that would be a good decision. Clay Thompson either. Um, so, you know, the, the magic are probably going to be mining these rosters for shooters. So, you know, Kelly Oubre, uh, you know, I know he struggled from beyond the arc this year, but it's probably a guy that, that has been on their list for a while. All right, so let's just go there. Uh, as far as where the Warriors are, you know, the Aaron Gordon thing makes sense to me in regards to this type of players that they tend to like, maybe the, the sort of player that they're trying to find, right? Somebody who's young, who has, I don't know, all-star potential, I think is, is a fair, um, you know, evaluation of Aaron Gordon. He's 25 years old. He's under contract for next season. Uh, and so these are the things that I think the Warriors would be looking at. Plus he's versatile, specifically on defense. He could play the three, the four. Uh, maybe even small ball five for you in the pinch. You know, the Warriors have not shied away from going super small, even with guys like Eric Pascal playing the five this season. So that versatility on defense makes sense. Offensively, there, there's a production value there as well. Um, and, you know, I know that the Warriors, we've, we've heard Aaron Gordon mentioned in some of these recent reports and rumors uh, as somebody that the Warriors have at least made calls about or overtures or whatever we want to call it, uh, Philip. I don't know, but uh, at least somebody they have an eye on from people who I talk to in the Warriors front office, I know that they're being very aggressive when it comes to this and that they are looking at next season as their priority, even though they don't want to take a ma major step back this season. I think that that remains a priority, but not as much of a priority as basically getting this thing uh, to a championship caliber group uh, for next year when Clay Thompson comes back. So with all that in mind, let's have some fun. Let's do the trade negotiations here. Um, I think the first thing we'll, we'll start with is those two, those two key names that we're talking about, Aaron Gordon and Kelly Oubre. Now, Gordon is under contract for $18.1 million now. Kelly Oubre at $14.3 million. He's, he'll be unrestricted as a free agent this summer. Um, so the, the Warriors will have to add some salary to that, uh, to Oubre's deal in order to make this work. So for me, Philip, I mean, the first two names that I would throw in, at least for salary matching purposes, that wouldn't saddle your you know, cap situation going forward would be Brad Wanamaker and Kent Bazemore. Two guys on expiring deals making a little bit more than $2 million this year. You throw them all into this 
type of deal. And the Warriors would be sending out $18.9 million while the Magic would be bringing, uh, or while the Warriors would be taking in Aaron Gordon's $18.1 million deal. Does that at least start like, or, or sound like the starting point for a foundation for a trade? I think I think it's at least a starting point. I mean, I think Brad Wanamaker, I mean, he's got a little bit of a reputation as a shooter around the league. I think that's the beginnings of of kind of the young prospects the Magic are, are looking for. Um, you know, certainly, obviously, Ubre has to match salaries, and and I should note for for your listeners that uh, last year at the trade deadline, the Magic reportedly had discussions with Phoenix with a, for an Aaron Gordon for Kelly Ubre swap. So mm-hmm. I, I think that there is at least some interest in Kelly Ubre now. Was that because Ubre had that extra year on his contract? So the Magic could have the year to figure things out with him rather than taking on an expiring. Um, I don't know. I mean, I kind of took some of that with a grain of salt. Phoenix has also had a longstanding interest in Aaron Gordon. Um, and so it, 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 it and, and I think he would fit their roster really well too. Um, but I, I, I always kind of took that with a grain of salt. And then obviously Ubre got hurt. The Magic were still hunting for the playoffs. Um, and, 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 you know, his shooting kind of dipped up and down. Um, so, you know, I think Ubre is the place to start. Um, I'm not sure if that's, quite what the Magic are looking for. I don't think the Magic are looking for cap room this offseason. Um, I think similar, similar to the Warriors, but on a, on a smaller scale, um, the Magic want to be back in the playoff conversation next year. Um, you know, they, they, they obviously have some guys coming back from injury. They'll obviously have a rookie, but I don't think the Magic are looking to make this kind of big grand rebuild. I think they're looking to, to make this a reset. And so they're looking for obviously a kind of veteran player to match salaries, but I do think that the real prize for the Magic is going to be what they get kind of on the margins, those um, those secondary players, those young prospects they get. So, you know, Brad Wanamaker, uh, you know, from a skill level uh, perspective, I think gives the Magic what they want. Um, the real question in this deal for me is, do the Magic want to re-sign Kelly Oubre to a four-year deal? Um, you know, are they going to essentially use him to replace Evan Fournier almost in, in the lineup? And I think Oubre checks off a lot of boxes, and I think the Magic are definitely going to sit there and think about it. I, I don't know if that's that's quite the deal they want to make, especially with how much Oubre has struggled from beyond the arc this year. I know he's had kind of an up and down season, but how would you evaluate him and, and his role with the Warriors so far this year? I think defensively he gives you a lot of what a, a fringe playoff team really needs. I could say that at least for the Warriors, because that's what the Warriors are this year, right? Is a fringe playoff team. And to have that night to night energy and disruptive uh, nature on the defensive end has been to me a real boost, I think, for the Warriors this year. It's just one of those things that you you just need dudes like that, right? Dude, like the dog days of a regular season, guys that are just gonna come out, the energy level never wavers whether they are winning or losing or getting blown out in the fourth quarter that kind of stuff is really important and it's the sort of thing that endears kelly Oubre to coaches uh like steve kerr like it might for like a guy like steve clifford uh and and so defensively i think he's been a real value add offensively he's got this ability to just even on an off night to score 12 points which is a skill right and and there's you know there are efficiency concerns but um you know the shooting that's not new. You know, he opened up the season missing his first 18 three-pointers and every Warriors fan said, trade him, cut him, bench him, whatever it is, get this guy off the team. And I said back then, and I was like, I can't wait for a month from now when all we're doing is hearing about how great Kelly Oubre is and how I'm reading columns about how the Warriors found a keeper in Kelly Oubre and should not trade him. You know, a month from now when, you know, the, the reversion to the mean takes place and then and his three-point shooting goes off the charts. That's exactly what happened in February. And now in March, it's kind of come back down to earth. And he's about, he's right about league average. He's dealing with a wrist injury right now. So he's like, he's made like four of 20 something three-pointers since the all-star break. But again, he's dealing with a wrist injury that does not seem to be like a long-term concern. 
Um, but the efficiency stuff has always been there with Kelly Oubre, right? That's not new. He's always been a streaky yeah. shooter. Uh, and so if the Magic uh, were registering interest with him last season, I, I can't imagine that anything that they've seen this year would be surprising or, or uh, devalue his ability. If anything, I think he's improved his value across the league because of what he's done defensively and his ability to, to – uh, kind of fit in with the Warriors system. It, it was rough at first. He didn't really know how to interact with Steph Curry on the floor and all the off-ball stuff that the Warriors like to do. But he's figured it out, and he's been a real nice player for them. Um, and so I think, again, in a vacuum, he's been a value add. The question is the contract. And from what I understand, he's probably going to get somewhere around $20 million a year, four-year deal, about $20 million a year. That's kind of the expectation that Kelly Oubre can get this offseason. And if the Magic think that he would be of that sort of value, then, then I think we can continue to have these conversations. But if not, to your point, if you don't think that you would want to resign him for a four-year, $80 million deal or something in that range, uh, then there's really nowhere else to go from here. Yeah, and, and the Magic are, are at this point, you know, I think they're, 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 they're a couple million, I mean, they're scheduled to be, I think, like a couple million under the luxury tax line, you know, with, uh, with Evan Fournier still sitting on the books. So I, I would imagine... And if, if Kelly Oubre is the guy that they want and they're willing to commit that four years, $80 million toward, that means that the Magic are salary dumping Evan Fournier into like Boston's uh, a trade exception or, mm-hmm. or, or, doing, or doing some other move with Evan Fournier to cut salary. And, and in that case, you know, taking on a, a Brad Wanamaker, who, you know, is a restricted, who is a restricted free agent next year, or, uh, or Kent Bazemore just kind of taking on kind of salary ballast to make, make it work and, and Kelly Oubre is the prize. Then, then that makes sense. So, I mean, definitely the question comes down to whether the Magic believe Kelly Oubre is their guy. And, and, and this is a point that I've made a lot when Magic fans have pitched me Buddy Heald deals, and I'm sure I'll make this point when we get to Andrew Wiggins, um, which, will, which would probably be the other iteration of this, of this deal, um, is, you know, is this the team you want to commit to? Um, you know, you've got Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz. They're, they're about to start up their extensions. Uh, Mo Bamba's extension probably isn't going to happen at this point, but um, but – you essentially got Nikola Vucevic on a big salary. Terrence Ross is on a fairly big salary, around $12, $13 million a year. Um, and then Isaac's sitting at 16, 17. Fultz is sitting at 16. Uh, is, that a, is that the roster you want to move forward with for the next three, four years, essentially? I mean, Isaac's extension is four years long. That, you know, do you want to be kind of stuck into that team where it's, you know, Vucevic is on an, will be on expiring, so maybe you'll, you'll move, move him along. But, um, are on expiring next season, not, not this season, mm-hmm. not this season, or has, has the two years left on his deal next season. I should say that's, that's kind of the new expiring these days. Um, but um, is that the team you want to be married to? And a big point that I've tried to make to people um, when you're taking on some of these bigger long-term contracts is if you're going to take that deal on, if you're going to take that risk, you better want to be married to that group. And, and I'm not hundred percent sure the magic are there. Then again, you know, if the magic are trying to enter this period of, kind of a soft rebuild or a soft reset where, you know, they're ready to turn the keys over to Isaac and Fultz over the next couple of years, having veterans like Nikola Vucevic, like even a Kelly Oubre to kind of keep the team competitive while Isaac and Fultz both get healthy and learn to be the leaders on the team. Then maybe by the time those guys are ready to, to be those leaders, you're ready to, you're, you'll, those guys will be in a better contract situation to move them along. Yeah. And I actually really like Oubre's fit for the magic, not only because I think Steve Clifford would get the most out of him. Uh, because he loves, he, he has an ability to utilize length to, uh, on the defensive end from his players that uh, is really, really beneficial to, the, to his guys, right? And, um, you know, if you kind of have that trio, Fultz, Ubre, 
and Jonathan Isaac, you're you're really switchable. You're gonna you're able to do a lot of different things defensively. You've got a you've got a plus defender at least theoretically. You know, at each level of the defense, right? At, at the point of attack with Fultz, and then on the perimeter with Ubre, and then by the rim to, uh, uh, potentially with Jonathan Isaac. Uh, and then you can you can unlock some some lineups that way. Ubre can guard, guard uh, uh, opposing guards and point guards and other you know small forward types. He's guarded everybody this year from you know, Damian Lillard to LeBron James for, for Golden State and has done, you know, as well as you can in those types of matchups. And uh, and so I think that that could make, and look, he's 25 years old. Um, he's a, like I said, he's a volume scorer. That kind of stuff matters. So if you, if the Magic got to a point where they and wanted the Magic to move are lacking that. Yeah. Like they, they don't, like the biggest, one of the bigger issues the Magic have is, you know, Nikola Vucevic has put some 40-point games up this year, but they, they don't have a perimeter guy who can just drop 40 on a, ra- on a random Tuesday. Yeah. Like yeah. that's, that's, that's a bit, I mean, I love it. I love Evan Fournier. I think Evan Fournier is a really good player, but the thing about Evan Fournier is he's just consistent. He's going to get you 18 every night. And mm-hmm. you know, there might be an, there might be a stray night where he gets you 30, but they don't have, you know, the, the 50 point score, so to speak. Um, like I've joked around with people that I think Vooch could might, might drop 50 on a game just, just because the magic have no one else, but the, the mag, the, like a center doing it's different than a, a perimeter guy doing the magic just don't have a perimeter guy you know, Terrence Ross can get hot and drop 30, but, and he's had that 50, he has the, infamous, the famous 50 point game as mm-hmm. well, but the Magic just don't have a guy that can get his own shot, can beat, you know, can beat, can beat good defense. And, and you know, Ubre's had those nights this year, and obviously having Steph Curry with his gravity helps a lot, but um, Ubre has had those nights. You know, Gordon has, has had those nights every once in a while, but, you know, he's not as quality of a shooter. And obviously, he just he's coming off a 38 point game against the Nets, I should, I should note, but, um, but, you know, the Magic just don't have those perimeter guys who can create off the dribble and, and beat a good defense, which is what's ultimately doomed them in their two playoff appearances. Right. And it's worth also noting that if you wanted to move on from Ubre at some point, it wouldn't, even at $20 million a year, you could probably trade him because of the nature of the way he scores and things like that. So, yeah. And, be, and, 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 I'll get, and I'll give the Magic credit on this too. Like, if, if the Magic entered free agency um, and, and decided, you know, we're going to keep Kelly Ubre, and they've done a really good job structuring their contracts. To, to decline and so later on in the deal they become more movable like you know you, mm-hmm. i mean we're talking about uh, aaron gordon here um aaron gordon's contract declines next season so he that, that gives a lot of flexibility to a team um you know i think that the magic have been very creative with how they've structured their contracts under jeff weltman so if they did bring back Kelly Oubre, they probably maximize how much they could pay him up front in that first year and then cushion that cushion it a little bit down on the back end so that when they do predict that they'll be ready to trade him and move on they'll be able to much easier so i think we there's there's the bones here for some sort of deal but before we move forward with the kelly Oubre talks you mentioned andrew wiggins before should we at least talk about that subject because andrew wiggins for aaron gordon there we're talking about a very different kind of trade now right because now the the magic would have to be matching salary not necessarily the warriors uh and so uh what what would be the interest in the mat uh from the magic in, in wiggins I mean, I think it's it's kind of the same in the same thing that we were talking about with with Ubre. I mean, at least in theory, Andrew Wiggins is a guy who can create his own shot. Um, he can he can play he can play one on one a little bit. He can beat a set defense. I mean, that's that's what Wiggins was supposed to be. I mean, he's obviously a gifted scorer on a raw basis. I mean, seventeen point eight points per game this year. Obviously down because he's playing next to Stephen Curry, who's a little bit more high usage than him. But the idea behind uh, bringing in a player like Wiggins. 
Um, and I'm not saying I'm, I'm not saying I would prefer a Wiggins deal over an Ubre Ubre deal, but um, the idea behind bringing a player like Wiggins is in is he's still a young player. I mean, obviously on his second contract, but still a young player um, who has this unlimited potential, this top pick potential. I mean, it's just, it's almost the same thing the Magic tried to do with Markel Fultz, just bring in a young player into kind of a less pressure situation, a new environment, uh, and kind of let him be him and give him the chance to, to play a little bit. Now, obviously, the Fultz situation is a little bit different because Fultz just had this injury baggage with him in Philadelphia that he couldn't get past, um, and, and, and he needed a place that had a little, a lot less pressure and a little bit more patience with him uh, almost in, in the development curve. Um, Wiggins obviously had plenty of time in Minnesota to prove that he could be that guy. And, and so, you know, uh, that contract is obviously a bear to take on. Uh, and and he just he just hasn't reached that potential. I mean, it's hard to figure out exactly what Wiggins would be on a, on a winning team or on a championship level team. Is he kind of a super sixth man that can kind of be a star against second units? Like, what does he do when he's off the ball? Um, those are always the questions that have followed him. And, and obviously, I think he's had a little bit of a renaissance in Golden State, where he, where he hasn't had to carry the franchise like he had to in Minnesota for for a little bit of time. Um, and, and those expectations have reset. But I, I don't buy him as your number one offensive guy. Now, then again, you know, hanging over all this, and this includes the conversation we had about Kelly Oubre, is you know the Magic are expected to get, uh, you know, are going to be in line for a top five pick in this year's draft. Um, and so, you know, it's not that Orlando wants to overcommit to one position or should be afraid of overcommitting to a position, but the Magic also have to under, also have to kind of have in their back pocket like. What are we going to do in this draft? What kind of player are we looking at in this draft? And it's not to say they should hold the space open. Like if they're picking five and Evan Mobley's there, I, I, I'm not, I, I don't think they should pass on Evan Mobley because they have Nikola Vucevic and Mobamba there. They, you can always move guys or move pieces around um, to help young players out like that. But, you know, the Magic are expected to take, you know, if obviously top pick, take Cade Cunningham. If they're second or third pick, you know, Jalen Green's going to be their guy. You know, if they fall out of that top five, you know, those guys right outside like a Moses Moody, you know, those are the kind of players that can be taking. So would you want to take on a player like Andrew Wiggins, who's going to soak up possessions from them uh, and, and kind of do what those guys are trying to do anyway, that that's, that's as much of a question as anything else. And, and, it, and it follows with the Ubre question too. I mean, obviously Ubre I think can play a little bit more of a complementary role than Wiggins has, or can play it more naturally because of his shooting ability uh, and his defensive ability. But um, but the question is, you know, the question for the magic just generally is what do we want this team to be next year, two years, three years down the road when Isaac and Fultz are, are fully optimized. Yeah, and, and the, the obvious roadblock to me when, when we're talking about the Warriors in regards to Wiggins, he's weirdly, he's not untouchable, but there's not a lot that I think the Warriors would trade Wiggins for if it wasn't a clear upgrade. And I say that because he makes a lot of money, but that's almost valuable to this Warriors team that is, is going to be ready to take a big swing at a Bradley Beal, whoever becomes available. And you sort of need that type of salary. So if Wiggins were going to go out, you're going to now, even for just Aaron Gordon, maybe some other contracts that stack up, you're losing now, you know, that main, that, that huge salary cap slot and, and becomes a little bit tough, not impossible, but a little bit tougher for you to get up to the salary of a guy like Bradley Beal or whatever superstar becomes available next. That's already signed to some sort of max contract. So uh, that that's the thing that the Warriors are kind of, thinking about and in regards to this trade conversation, I mean, so much about what they need to do now and next season 
is based on these salary cap slots. Like Andrew Wiggins was the salary cap slot that they got from D'Angelo Russell, who they got in that sign and trade when Kevin Durant went to Brooklyn. So the only reason you did that sign and trade for Russell was not because you love D'Angelo Russell as a player, because you wanted to maintain that flexibility and be able to get another max guy to basically replace Kevin Durant at some point. The same goes for Kelly Oubre. That was the trade exception created from the Andre Iguodala deal to Memphis. And they had to use that trade exception in order to keep, you know, a 15, 16 type of million dollars uh, slot, which is a very good player in today's game um, on the roster. And so that that's and, the and, thing and, and, to and for and for my listeners, like I thought Evan Fournier would have been a really good fit into that slot if the Magic were looking to sell players. Um, right. I, I, just, I just don't think the Magic were interested in taking back a draft pick and a trade exception because they still had aims on making the playoffs this year, even without Isaac. And then obviously things fell off the rails this year because of the false injury. But, um, you know, I, I think I think that it's not I, I know a lot of Magic fans were upset that the Magic didn't make that trade. And I was just like, you know, you look at the trades that were out there, like Kelly Oubre and Evan Fournier were kind of in the same salary slot, like you said. Uh, and the Matt and the, the Thunder, I think, were willing to take on the trade exception. That's right. Or, or send out or send out like kind of low level or, or take back low level picks for, for a guy like Oubre. The Magic weren't at that point yet. Now, right. you know, I think if you get to other trade discussions, are the Magic at that point now where they're just going to sell off Fournier to like the Celtics in, 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 in a trade exception? That part I don't know yet. Um, you know, I don't know if the Magic are thinking that way, but um, that's but what you're what you're the point you're making about salary slots is absolutely right. I think the Magic originally with Aaron Gordon aimed him to be the guy that they would use to get the star that tied the roster together, and Gordon just didn't develop that way. Right. So let's just tie the tie the knot, I guess, on the or tie the put a bow on this this Wiggins conversation. I just don't see it happening, Wiggins for for Gordon, just because. If you're looking at the ways that a trade would work, it would be Aaron Gordon plus Terrence Ross or Aaron Gordon plus Alfredo Minu to get up to that salary for yep. Wiggins. And I just, I don't think that's exactly what the Warriors were looking for. And I honestly don't, it doesn't really sound like that's what the Magic are looking for in an Aaron Gordon deal. So we could kind of move on from that. I will bring up Wiggins' name later on in a, in a separate conversation I'd like to have with you. Let's take a quick break from the conversation so I can tell you a little bit about Bet Online. Fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football is over, but the NBA, the NCAA tournament, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Get real time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Go to betonline.ag, use the promo code Locked On. your online sportsbook experts. Today's podcast also brought to you by Built Bar. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now, in March, is the time to find out which Built Bar is best. It is Built Bar Madness. It's exciting. Go to BuiltBar.com or check out their Twitter account at, uh, let me make sure I have this right, at Bar underscore Built to vote in the latest matchup in the Built Bar tournament. Today's matchup, or, or yesterday's matchup, was coconut versus white chocolate birthday cake. I actually just got a sample pack of white chocolate birthday cake. I'm very, very, very excited about it. Today's matchup, coming up today on Tuesday, as I loaded up because I was not prepared for this, Tuesday's matchup in the enticing eight, it looks like. Looks like it's going to be coconut brownie chunk 
versus lemon almond cheesecake. I've actually had lemon almond cheesecake. It, 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 I'm not I'm not usually a fan of those flavors, um, but they actually work really, really well together. I've actually had the coconut brownie chunk, and it's really good too. So tough matchup in today's Built Bar bracket. Go to BuiltBar.com or on Twitter at Bar underscore Built to vote in today's matchup. Remember to use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com and check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Don't forget, too, to check out the new podcast, Locked On NBA Draft. Get analysis of the top prospects available in this year's draft. Scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of March Madness four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Subscribe today and follow Locked On NBA Draft. We'll be back with Wes Goldberg here coming up in just a moment. But let's get back to this Kelly Oubre, Aaron Gordon thing. You mentioned the shooting that they need, that the Magic need, and the, the kind of wins on the fringes that they have to get. And so I would adjust then my initial, I guess, proposal of Andrew, which was Kelly Oubre, Brad Wanamaker, and Kent Bazemore. And let's swap Bazemore out for Michael Mulder, who put up Damian Lillard type numbers from three point range in the G League, granted, but is, is a proven three point shooter. The Warriors treat him as a three point specialist off the bench. He's in and out of the rotation. Um, you know, just because he's young, he's 26 years old, but but young is in regards to his NBA mileage. Uh, under contract next year, though it's only partially guaranteed, so it gives you some flexibility. Whoever would be taking that deal on can play the three and the two for you. Um, underrated athleticism. He's six foot three, but he's got nearly a seven foot wingspan, 42 inch vertical or something like that. Uh, and so there's there's stuff there to work with, and he's somebody that the Warriors are excited about, but I think would be willing to move and like in in regard in for the magic gives you that three point specialist gives you something to work with gives you somebody young and could be one of those fringe wins that you were talking about yeah and and i think Mulder would be probably the prospect i mean i think the two prospects the magic would probably be interested or like ask about most uh, mm-hmm. from the from the warriors bench is is eric pascal who obviously had the big year last year but has struggled this year and i think the interest certainly in him has waned a little bit but the other one would be michael Mulder. um you know I, I, like you said a lot of people probably don't know much about him but um, you know, he, he can't, he can shoot the ball a little bit and, and, you know, it's certainly with a guy like him, it's about opportunity. Um, and so uh, he's, I mean, to, to make this deal work, you know, like I said, like, I, I think that most of what the magic are looking for is kind of deals where the big salary is not the salary they're interested in. And, and with golden state, Kelly Oubre would be the salary that they're interested in. So, you know, if, if, if the magic did this deal, like we said, um, it would be with the intention of re-signing Kelly Oubre, but to get a, a shooter like, uh, like Michael Mulder and to get a shooter like Brad Wanamaker just to, or to have the mm-hmm. rights to the shooter like Brad Wanamaker, that would boost this bench tremendously. Um, you know, I think one of the biggest issues, you know, Terrence Ross has had kind of an up and down year for the Magic this year. And a lot of that's just because the Magic's depth has been so gutted that he's essentially the only player uh, on the bench that's that's able to do anything. Um, he's the only player on the bench that has any threat to score, uh, and defenses are just focusing on him. So, you know, the, the Magic like to run Terrence Ross off cuts. They like to move him around off the ball to get him shots, and he's just so good at getting his shots off in small spaces. To have other shooters on the floor around him would make him significantly better. And and, and so, you know, again, just adding as – I've the point that I've been trying to hammer home throughout the course course of the year now is – you know, the margin for error becomes much wider when you can shoot the ball, when your offense can bail you out of a bad defensive game. And, and the fact is this Magic team just can't do that. So, um, 
And I should also note that this edition of the deal, the salaries match almost exactly. I mean, we're talking about the difference of $6,000 versus the Bazemore deal, which sends the magic a little bit more money than, than the Warriors. The, this, the, the matching, it works almost perfectly. And in regards to this trade for the Warriors, Aaron Gordon now is a little bit of a funky fit, even if you move on from Oubre, because you've got step... And again, everything's about looking at next year, this year, whatever. You'll still be like a fringe playoff team if you bring it or Aaron Gordon in and swap him for Oubre. But uh, it's all about next year and what everything fits next year. And so you've got Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, and presumably James Wiseman starting at center next season. Where does that leave Aaron Gordon? Uh, that, that to me is a worthwhile question. He's a little, he overlaps with Draymond Green and Eric Paschal a little bit. I don't think, like to your point about what, what the Magic should do with drafting, you don't you don't not get a player of Aaron Gordon's talent if that's ultimately what you need to do in order to, to make something out of this Kelly Oubre cap slot. But um, he could come off the bench for you, unlock some small ball lineups. You can move Draymond Green to the five. Aaron Gordon could play the four, and that keeps Andrew Wiggins the three. Or maybe you're able to sell a bench role, like the next Andre Iguodala type role, to Andrew Wiggins, and now he become he comes off the bench for you at $30 million a year, but whatever he comes off the bench for you and you're able to slot Aaron Gordon in there at the three. He's, he's a tweener three, four, I think best case scenario, right? I, I know. Yeah. I mean, I, the magic experimented him a little bit at the three. Uh, and obviously I don't think they had the spacing or the gravity that golden state has with Stephen clay out there. Um, and, and Gordon's actually, you know, and this, this should be pointed out, um, has, has actually been a really surprisingly good shooter this year. He hasn't played a lot this year because of, because of nagging injuries throughout the course of the season and then the ankle sprain that he just came back from. But um, for the year, I think he's shooting a plus 40% on catch and shoot threes. So, you know, if you can, I mean, obviously you have Steph creating gravity. If you get him a standstill three-pointer, he's going to hit it. But the biggest concern with, with Gordon has always been just his desire to be, you know, the, the joke around the magic fandom. And I think Zach Lowe of ESPN really crystallizes it. Well, you know, Aaron Gordon has always been this player with like the, the angel and the devil on his shoulder. Then the devil tells him he needs to play like Kobe and be the superstar. And the angel says you should be the next Draymond Green or you should be mm-hmm. the next Sean Marion. And, and so it's all, it's, it always intrigued me that golden state had all this interest in him. Cause I was like, you know, he, he needs to be Draymond Green is, is are you, angling him to replace Draymond Green one day, um, which, you know, maybe he could do because he's proven he can be, you know, a, a solid playmaker and passer um, when, he's, when he's focused and dialed in. He's obviously a really good defender. I mean, he's, he's always said he's at aspirations of being an all-defensive team player. Um, and, and, he can shoot, and he can shoot the ball a little bit. Um, you know, I think he's, you know, he might, he might be a better shooter than Draymond Green. I don't want to speak too far out of turn. Um, but, <laughs> uh, but the question has always been, what does Aaron want to be? And, and obviously in Orlando, uh, and this is, so this is something that's going to really intrigue me when the Magic do move him along. In Orlando, they've always asked him to be a primary scorer and primary creator, and that's not his best role. So I'm, I'm very curious to see what happens right. when he's with a guy like Steph Curry, with a guy like Clay Thompson, right. who is just very clearly better than him. Like, he cannot argue, like, those guys <laughs> shouldn't have the ball more than he does. Like, in Orlando, you know, is, is he really going to listen, listen and say, like, oh, Evan Fournier should be taking these shots? Like, you know... Uh, Everyone, everyone has an ego, uh, you know, and, and I, think the, I think the Magic have found, a, you know, when the Magic were really good, they found a balance, but um, everyone has an ego, and, and Aaron certainly has a little bit of a, it's my turn, <laughs> you know, let me, let me score, let me have a big game um, type of attitude to, attitude to him, and, and so when you have Steph and Clay, I, I don't think you can, you can have that. <laughs> I don't think you can right. say, like, no, no, those, those guys it's should, a, it's should a much, It's a much easier sell to a 25-year-old, too, right? Yeah. Like you said, it's one thing to sell. Hey, Steph should be taking the shot. It's it's like the same problem the Magic had with Victor Oladipo. Victor Oladipo, you know, 
became an all-star, but he was never going to become an all-star in Orlando because he just didn't know how to be the star. And he was with this mismatch of guys that, you know, were, you know, I think, I think, oh, I think either Oladipo or Tobias Harris said this in a podcast, like shortly after that, that original group broke up that there were just too many mouths to feed. Like no one knew what the pecking order was and who was supposed to be taking the shots. And obviously Oladipo went to Oklahoma City. And I think that was the most valuable thing for his development because there Russell, Russell Westbrook was clearly the guy. He was clearly the number one guy and taught him how to work. And then he went to Indiana and was more prepared to take on that starring role. And I imagine, you know, Aaron Gordon going to a team that has a little bit more of an established pecking order where he's not being relied on so much offensively and, and we'll, honestly, I think his scoring numbers will go up because he'll have the space as a shooter with the attention that Steph is, is garnering now. And then eventually when Clay comes back, the attention that Clay garners, that he'll be, he'll be, better, he'll be better suited for that role and, and become a better player. I, I think that would be the bet that the Warriors make. And even if you brought Oubre back, right, if you don't make this kind of trade and you just try, if you're the Warriors, you say, you know what, we're, we're not happy with any of the offers we're getting Let's just let's roll the dice on bringing Ubre back. Now you have to at least sell to Ubre a a role of hey we're gonna pay you whatever it costs, but you're gonna have to come off the bench for us. You don't have to do that necessarily with Aaron Gordon and Andrew Wiggins as much because they're under contract next season. So you don't have to deal with that conversation this summer and, and roll the dice, uh, so to speak. And so, you know, I mentioned like it's not the cleanest fit, but it's it's not so bad that you can't figure it out, and it's something that you could figure out going into next year and you don't have, you don't have that thing hanging over you for the rest of this season about, Hey, are these guys even going to be on the roster next season? All right. It, it, you'll, you'll figure out who between Wiggins and Gordon would come off the bench and you, and you would just, and basically they're under contract. So if they don't like it, Oh, well, you know, and Aaron Gordon and Andrew Wiggins aren't the kinds of guys that are going to be able to demand a trade from the Warriors and get the rest of the NBA to start making phone calls. Right. Like that's, yeah. they're not of that I'm position. I mean, even in Orlando, Gordon's probably not of that position. It's just the sense that Orlando is ready to sell. That's right. <laughs> and and That's like Orlando right. is a playoff. Orlando, like again, Eastern Conference, I know. Orlando is a playoff caliber team. They've got guys mm-hmm. who've been in the playoffs. They have guys who've shown some value in this, in this league on a winning team. Um, it's just a matter of the Magic, you know, willing to meet the market demand. And I think that's why the Magic, you know, didn't make moves in the offseason this year is that they weren't ready to meet that demand. And I think finally – what the magic are looking to do and what the market is asking them to do is, is coming closer and closer. So for entertainment purposes, Philip, um, do we just, for our listeners, do we pull the trigger on the straight? I think the Warriors would do that. I think they would do a deal of Ubre, Mulder and Wanamaker. I, I don't, I don't, I mean, I think that this is one that the magic keep in their back pocket. Um, you know, from, from everything I can gather about how the magic operate is they listen to everything you call them, they're going to listen to it. They're going to put it down on their whiteboard, on their whiteboard, or maybe I shouldn't say whiteboard, but they're going to put it down on their on their on their list uh, and and explore it. Uh, and and I think the way that this front office is is operating right now is obviously there are a ton of offers on the table for Aaron Gordon if you believe all the rumors that are out there. And and I, and I do think that there are a lot of things on the table for them. I would imagine that the Magic would look at this and say, you know, this is one that we've done a lot of research on already with Kelly Oubre. Um, you know, we can keep this in our back pocket, and if nothing else really emerges. You know, I don't think I don't imagine Golden State shopping Kelly Oubre around aggressively. If, if I'm if I'm gathering things um, correctly, I, they, I think they are being a little bit more aggressive than that than okay. they are than they are letting on. Uh, I would say this: uh, I think the the Warriors would have the same sort of approach, right? Like this is one that they would be like, all right, this is a good deal. This works for what we're trying to accomplish. But because the Aaron Gordon fit is not the cleanest, maybe you do end up calling Atlanta about Bogdan Bogdanovich and, and figuring out if he's more of a, a, an available player 
uh, who's, you know, more of a slash and kick kind of guy can drain open threes at a little bit better of a rate right than Aaron Gordon, not as good as a defender, but can do can compete at that end guard the same sort of positions that Ubre was able to defend. Uh, that to me, I think uh, would be another target that you could probably have a conversation with, with a similar type of package, right? You're not gonna have to throw in the Minnesota yeah. pick for, for Bogdan Bogdanovich. So uh, I think, yeah, that's it's they're both in the same spot, but this would be maybe a fallback, for, maybe not even a fallback, but just something that like, all right, this is good. Let's canvas the rest of the league and and basically use this as the benchmark. Yeah, yeah, and and I and I think that's that's fair to say. I mean, if if you're asking me, um, I, I don't think I don't think the Magic are necessarily interested in another four year, eighty million dollar contract. I, I I mean, I think if that's what's left to them on the table, and there's there's nothing else really, they have two they have really two options in front of them. Obviously, and Kelly Oubre deal won't be on the table uh, in the off season. Um, they they I, I really think that the Magic can look at look at everything and say, you know. Are we are we sure this is the time to move Aaron Gordon? Are the deals out there to move Aaron Gordon? Because you know he's under contract next year. They can wait until the till the draft to make to make a decision. I mean, yes, Gordon reportedly asked for a trade, but that doesn't mean they have to to, to answer that request. I mean, that doesn't mean that they aren't going to still try. But if if it's not there, it's not there. Now this leaking out makes me think that, that they're pushing a little bit harder for a trade uh, than than, pre, than in previous iterations, and makes me think that yes, something is more likely to happen than not by Thursday. But you know, I, I think that the Magic can still sit in a little bit of a position of power and say, okay, we need to make sure we get what we want. And ultimately, what I think the Magic are trying to do is accomplish a couple things. Um, they want a, a, a rotation-level player for sure. But I think more importantly is they want a young rotation-level player, and they want to get some financial flexibility. And that's why I think they're probably looking at trying to use a veteran to match contracts and make the real prize the young player they acquire, or the, the, rookie, the rookie scale deal that they require, the just-past rookie scale deal that they acquire in addition to the salary match that they're, that they're getting. Now, you know, like we said, is Michael Mulder and Brad Wanamaker are good young pieces to add? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I think that that, I think that those guys would be good to add, but are they the kind of super impact young players of magic are looking for? No. Um, in, in this case, acquiring Kelly Oubre would be to acquire and re-sign Kelly Oubre. And I'm just not sure that that's the magic's preference for a deal. If that's the path they have to walk, I think that's the path that they'll, they'll, they'll be willing to walk, but um, I don't think that's their preference at the end of the day. And in any case, I mean, I think this shows that for the Magic, the Aaron Gordon deal is going to come first and whatever they get for Evan Fournier comes second. All right. So we, let's, let's last thing on, on to, that I'll point out in regards to an Aaron Gordon to Kelly Oubre swap. Aaron Gordon grew up in the Bay Area, San Jose native. Uh, so that would be fun. And Kelly Oubre from New Orleans. So not Orlando exactly, but still the Southeast, right? And so that would yep. be... Some fun storylines there. Yeah, we got uh, some. We got some fun New Orleans style restaurants down here. That's true. What there is one? Isn't there one on Church Street? Where is that? Uh, uh, uh there's there's Tibby's, which is, I've, I've actually not been there. I've had food from there, but I've not actually been there. Uh, Tibby's right. is, I think, in, uh, near Seminole County. I want to say. Okay. Um, which is the county north of Orange County, which is where Orlando is, and and of course we have Universal Mardi Gras, which is mm-hmm. not really Mardi Gras, but but they throw beats out anyway. Yeah, Uber will fit right at home. Um, yeah, yeah. And so uh, one last player we have to talk about while I have you on the phone. Uh, Nikola Vucevic is a guy that has been of interest to Warriors fans, and it makes sense, right? All-star level center, under contract, does all the things that a Steve Kerr center traditionally has done uh, at a superstar, at an, at an all-star level, as opposed to, you know, guys like Bogut and Zaza Pachulia, where he's able to shoot the ball, get uh, a ton of rebounds for you, be a big body in the middle of the paint, but also do all the facilitating, all this stuff that Steve Kerr centers love to do and have had to do 
in this motion offense. Vucevic, let's just, I think this is how this conversation would actually go in real life. If I'm Bob Myers and I'm calling you the magic about Vucevic, I think the, the question is, hey, what do you think it would take? I, I think to get Nikola Vucevic from any, from any team, um, I think it would take an all-star level player or a, play, or a player that is clearly on track to become an all-star. Um, you know, in the Warriors case, that would be a deal that I think a lot of Magic fans were focused on in the offseason was James Wiseman. Would you, would you be willing to give up James Wiseman for Nikola Vucevic? Would you be willing to give up Minnesota's pick this year for Nikola Vucevic? Um, those, I, I think those are the kind of assets the Magic are looking for in a Nikola Vucevic deal. I mean, I think the Magic, like I said, they want to be a playoff team again next year. In the Eastern Conference, I know that's not very difficult. Um, but they, they want to be a playoff team again next year. But they have two guys that are going to be coming off of major injuries. Um, you know, as, as, as good as uh, rehab and, and medical stuff is in the NBA today, AC, the ACL injuries still take time to recover from. It's, you know, from everything I've read, it's about a year to recover and get back on the court. And then maybe another year to be fully healthy and, and back to a hundred percent. And obviously guys do it. Um, it's not, it's not that guys don't do it. it. It just takes time. And so next year for the magic is going to be another kind of a transition season. Um, Jonathan Isaac's going to have good nights and bad nights as he gets back from a torn ACL, you know, Markel Fultz, you know, we don't know when he's going to be back. He towards ACL in January, he could be back for training camp or he, it could be the all-star break. Um, it's going to take a while for him to get his legs back under him again. Uh, and so I, I really feel like the magic want Nikola Vucevic there to stabilize the roster, just to be a consistent drumbeat and a consistent guy that they can turn to every night. Um, you know, I don't think what he's done this all-star season, this all-star season, this has been by far the best season of his career. I don't think that this is something that's just going to go away. I don't think that this is a style of play that, that um, it doesn't age well. I mean, he's, he's 30, 31 now. Um, he's not playing like a super athletic style. This is, if his jumper keeps keeps getting better and keeps, keeps staying where it is, he's going to be able to do this for, for a little while longer. Um, and so I think the magic are really asking for a lot for Nikola Vucevic. Um, again, I, 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 keep, I keep thinking it's got to be a star player or a player on track to become a star to replace what the Magic are losing in Nikola Vucevic. Uh, so that would be the question for the Warriors is, are you willing to move off of James Wiseman and all of the, you know, basically unlimited upside that he has? I know it's been a rocky rookie season, but from everything we have seen, I don't think it's fair to put a ceiling on him right now. Uh, but he's 19. He's, you know, obviously young. He plays very young. And if this is a Warriors team that has championship aspirations next year, I don't know what you could realistically expect from James Wiseman uh, in regards to making an impact on a team that wants to win the title, right? Like that, that's fair. You, th both things yeah. could be true uh, where his potential could be of superstar caliber, but that he's probably not hitting that potential within the next two seasons. Uh, and then, and so for the Warriors the question becomes, how do you maximize Steph Curry's window? Do you want to maximize Steph Curry's window? Everybody in the Warriors will say, yes, of course we want to maximize Steph Curry's window, but I'll believe it when I see it because, you know, having a guy like Wiseman, I don't know necessarily does that. Uh, I don't think the roster they currently have does maximize Steph's window. So I, if, if it all for me, and I, again, I can't speak to where the Warriors front office is right now. I've had a really hard time reading whether or not they would, they, I, I shouldn't say that they have basically said wise Wiseman would come off. They would part with Wiseman if it, if it was for a perennial all-star. Now, Nikola Vucevic has multiple all-stars, but he's 30. Those are Eastern Conference all-stars. So, you know, say what you will and about he, that. And, and, and we love Nikola Vucevic down here. He just got it. He was probably the last guy in yeah. both years. Right. And so it, it's, it, I don't know, like that is, that's really like, now you're talking about, all right, what's the threshold of type of player you would be moving, willing to move Wiseman for? 
And I think Vucevic probably falls somewhere underneath wherever that line of demarcation is in the NBA, right? Like a guy like a Zach Levine, that would be more of maybe an interesting yeah. player. Like and, 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 maybe, and maybe falls above. And again, that. like and I think and I think Golden State has to consider some of like Vucevic's weaknesses too. Like right. yes, Vucevic. I think Vucevic is a better defender than people give him credit for, but right. you know, he's not Andrew Bogut where, you know, Bogut was a great rim protector. Vucevic is not blocking shots. He's good positionally. Um, and once he understands the defensive scheme, he's going to be in the right spots and, and challenge shots. But I think we see in the playoffs, you know, we saw how Toronto bullied him in the playoffs two years ago. We saw, you know, even Milwaukee was able to still right. get into lane. And obviously they got Giannis, which makes things a lot easier, but um, you know, I, my big concern with Vucevic, you know, as a trade chip for some of these content, these teams that are really contending is, you know, when you get deeper into the playoffs, when you're really talking about the, 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 the cream of the crop, can you really win with a center that isn't a shot blocker? That isn't a rim protector. That isn't right. keeping guys out of the lane. I mean, that's, that's always, I mean, that's, that's the next big question that Nikola Vucevic is going to have to answer as far as his career progression. I mean, he showed that he can be, that he can be effective offensively in the playoffs after, you know, he struggled with the Raptors bigs in, in 2019. Um, but can he be that, that ace defender that you need, that backline defender that you need to win major playoff games? And, and I think that's, that's ultimately something that, you know, again, James Wiseman, even if he's not all you want him to be offensively, you can teach him to be a pretty good defender right off the bat. And even if he's not the superstar that you want him to be during his rookie contract, you know, I think you could still use him as a rebounder and shot blocker during this, this window that the Warriors have right now. And in regards to Vucevic's uh, fit, yeah, you know, the Warriors have made the most out of guys who, you know, traditional lumbering type of bigs, Bogut, uh, Pachulia, who some of the same limitations that we're talking about regarding Vucevic, but those guys, first of all, they were surrounded by all NBA defenders like Andre Iguodala and Kevin Durant and Draymond Green. And Draymond Green is very clearly in another phase of his career. And Kevin Durant and Andre Iguodala are not on the roster anymore. So you don't have, and we don't know what Clay Thompson's going to look like, by the way, coming off of this. I think he's still going to be the all-world shooter he was, but I don't think he's going to have the same sort of quickness or effective effectiveness on the defensive end as before these two major lower body injuries. So there's there's questions about how you, if you can even make up for that type of player. And Vucevic getting paid almost $30 million a year versus Bogut and Pachulia who are making basically the league minimum. So a little bit of a difference there too. Uh, all right. So just for the sake of doing this, because we should, to me, I think the, the way a fake trade would work, the way a deal would work for Vucevic would be Wiseman and Kelly Oubre plus like take your pick salary filler, Brad Wanamaker, Ken Bazemore, Michael Mulder, whoever it would be. But basically Wiseman and Oubre plus whatever salary filler for Vucevic. That would be the offer. If the Warriors decided that Vucevic did hit the minimum threshold type player that you're willing to part with James Wiseman for. And if Wiseman and if, you know, the magic were intrigued in James Wiseman during the draft process in the first place. So with those things aside, that would be to me the, the way you would construct a deal or Wiseman plus Andrew Wiggins plus Kevon Looney for Nikola Vucevic and Evan Fournier. That those would be, and both, and the money basically is exactly even in both scenarios. So those would be the two, I think, types of deals that would be able to get this done if both teams came to the conclusion that they wanted to get a deal done. Yeah, and I mean, I, obviously, Wiseman's the prize there. I, I think I think I would lean more toward the Ubre iteration of that deal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, just because of the little bit of financial flexibility you might get, you might get there. Um, but 
but I think yeah, the, no, I think the Warriors would too, by the way, because you would keep yeah, the Wiggins. And, and, and most, honestly, most Magic fans have been pitching me the Wiggins idea, again, because of the idea of what Wiggins is rather than what he actually is. Um, but I think the Magic, you know, want to get a little bit more financial flexibility. Um, you know, I, I, honestly, if, if, if it were Wiseman and Oubre, that honestly might get, the, that might get it done. Um, if, mm. if, you know, it wouldn't, or it wouldn't surprise me if that gets it done because, you know, Wiseman is such a high-level prospect, um, you know, you know, then maybe they'll throw in a free Mo Bamba for you there. But, um, <laughs> but uh, I, I think that I think that the Magic are truly trying to turn the page and, and turn a new leaf here, and and it's just about finding the right deals for some of these guys. Vucevic will be a lot tougher to move than others. I think the priority right now is let's find the best deal we can for Aaron Gordon. You know, maximize whatever we can out of Evan Fournier's expiring contract, and and start start looking ahead to the future. Uh, let us know what you guys think. If you would pull the trigger on these deals, I'm on Twitter at WC Goldberg. Remember to listen to and subscribe to Locked on Warriors. Philip is at on Twitter at Philip double R underscore OMD on Twitter. And of course, is the host of Locked on Magic. Subscribe, rate, review all these podcasts. And uh, of course, thanks for listening. Uh, Philip, we're going to have a lot of stuff, I think, to keep talk- both of these teams to talk about when this trade deadline is over. So people are going to definitely want to subscribe to these shows. Yep, absolutely. Gonna be gonna be a busy couple days here. I've got too much to do and not enough time to do it. <laughs>